Okay, good morning, good chaydesh. Sorry about the late start. Um, today's daf is daf Kufyud Aleph. We're still on daf Kufyud Bays, Amud Bays, uh, Kufyud Amud Bays, 110b. Um, we're on the sixth wide line. So the Mishnah mentioned also issue if a man marries a woman, and was discussing depending on where he marries her and where he divorces her, what type of currency does he have to pay the ksuba in? Obviously, we're not speaking about where the ksuba says this ksuba is in U.S. dollars or this ksuba is in Israeli shekels. It's just where it says 200 uh, zuz or 200. So that's, so he says, so wait, it seems to be a contradiction. If he marries her in Eretz Yisrael and he divorces in her in Kapotkia, he can pay her the money of Eretz Yisrael. I, and remember we said Eretz Yisrael had a worse currency than uh, Kapotkia, so, it's, so he can get away with paying her less. Alma but what do we see? Alma Bosser, Shibuda Azlena. We see you go after when the, where the loan, where the, where the obligation to pay took effect. And so we're not even really going lenient. We're just going over when the loan, when the loan kicked in. What currency was it? Ref- when it became binding, what currency would they be referring to? So in the safe, however, in the latter clause says, If he married her in Kaputki and then he divorced in Eretz Yisrael, no sinomimas Eretz Yisrael. He can pay her from the money of Eretz Yisrael. Alma Bosa, Guvainos Lina. We see you going after the time of collection. So which one is it? Do you go after when you come in to pay back the silver eye, which is an obligation? Do you go after when she's um, what's the question? Yeah, when you come in to collect, you go after when the uh, when the obligation took effect at the time of signing the ksuba, or do you go after when it's collected? So Amr Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi says no. This is one of the leniencies regarding a ksuba, the obligation cost of a ksuba and he holds ksuba That actually we're not saying either going after collection or going after when the ksuba came into effect. We're going after the more lenient one. Paying from Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, I mean Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, then comes along and says, No, you must No, you must pay her from the money of Kapotke. He holds the ksuba is the oraisa, and therefore, like any debt, the obligation to pay kicks in at the time of either signing the document or transferring the money, which would be in the currency of where they're living. So again, so if you hold ksuba is the oraisa, and the ksuba was written in South Africa, even if subsequently they're living in. America or Israel, according to the earlier opinion, you can go after the South African rand, and according to Rabbi Shimon Gamil, you have to go after the currency of where they, where it took effect. Now we're just going to say it. So that was to do with the ksuba. Now we're just going to say it in general. It says, If they write in it, then they collect the then you would collect, if, if they recorded where the loan took place in Babel, then you would collect according to Babel, Kosovo, Eretz Yisrael, Magdil, Mamash, Yisrael. If they wrote that the place of the loan was Eretz Yisrael, then you'd use the currency of Eretz Yisrael. Kosovo, Stam, Hotziyo, Babel, Magdil, Mazbuch. Babel, Hotziyo, Eretz Yisrael, Magdil, Mazbuch, Eretz Yisrael. So not only they left out the currency denomination, they also left out the place where the loan was taken, then you go after where the loan is being collected. I think the understanding is that they're leaving it open to whoever is being collected, otherwise they would have specified. Kosovo Kesef Stam, what happens if he just writes Kesef? Now remember, in their times, basically the, or 
coins were made of copper, silver, or gold. I think silver were, copper was very small, changed things, and silver was the common one for more, more in general use. But again, is it referring to Sloim dinarim o pujonum? A cell is bigger than a dinar, which is bigger than a punjon. So, um, which type of which type of kesef are we referring to? It says, Mashi yirtzeh The borrower can pay with any type. Because right? he says, you want to make me pay with a larger coin, you've got to prove that that's what the loan was worth. Mashi which is not the same with the ksuba. Hey, what do you mean? What point is this going on? Which is not so by the ksuba. So, that's going back. Not this last point about collecting where it says silver. That's going back on the point that said when you produce a star chov, you go after the land that it was taken out. This that it says, Aksuba is different, is going on the first point, and it's to exclude from Rebbe Shimon Gamliel to Amar Aksuba Doraisa, who said Aksuba is Doraisa. Again, according to Rebbe Shimon Gamliel, the Aksuba would be the exact same as a star chov, that you paid based on the origin of the loan or the ksuba, whereas this one's going midrabon um, and saying it's not the same. Now, we said in the price today, if someone just writes silver on the document, so to say, I borrowed 200 silver from you, and it doesn't say what type of coin, so we said he can collect from the smallest coin, maybe it should be a silver bar, much larger than any coin. I'm interested in there are two versions. Naska could either mean a silver bar, which is much larger, or it could be a chip, a nugget. But let's go with Naska, a larger one. So Amr Ebelezer, where it says coin on it. Oh, and it would make sense to say it's a silver bar because they didn't specify what coin. If I borrowed, uh, if I borrowed gold coins from you, it specify a one ounce Kruger and a quarter Kruger and, but yeah, it just said silver. It didn't say. So there's a lean, we could actually lean to say, it's not referring to a coin, but to a nazka, a boss. Omer Rebbe Lezer, no, it's where it says matbeya. The aim of pretty, so then maybe it means silver prutois, the smallest time. It says, no, Omer Rebbe Lezer, the Katsbalatis. People don't make prutas in silver. Prutas are like the smallest currency denomination, so like a one rand coin. They're not going to make a one rand coin in, uh, in silver. It's just not worth it. Um, okay, next point. Now we're going back to... Malas um, <coughs> of Eretz Yisrael. So Tan Rabbanon, La'olam Yadur Adam Eretz Yisrael. The person should always live in Eretz Yisrael. Afiru Be'ir Sheruba Oydek Kosovim. Even if it's in a city where most of the people who live there serve idolatry, but Al Yadur Bechutzlaret, and he should not remain in Chutzlaret. Afiru Be'ir Sheruba Yisrael. Even where a majority of the inhabitants are Jewish. Why should Kol Hadar Be'Eretz Yisrael Don't make a Mishiach Law? Anyone who lives in Eretz Yisrael, it's as if he has a God. And anyone who does not live in Eretz Yisrael, it's as if he does not have a God. Shneiman, as the Pesach says, I'm giving you Eretz Kanaan to be a God for you. I, when will Hashem be your God? In Eretz Yisrael, if you're living in Chutzlaris, there's an aspect, we'll discuss it shortly, there's an aspect of as if you don't have a God. You're telling me that someone who does not live in Eretz Yisrael does not have a God. I think this question is twofold. One is, Hashem's the king of the world wherever you live. can't say, well, I'm in Johannesburg, so there's no, Hashem's not there, I don't have to, Hashem's not the God. And secondly, we know as Jews that the 
primary way of connecting to Hashem. Uh, there's an aspect. There's an aspect of connecting to Hashem that is um, what's it? Independent of time or space, and that is the Torah. You can learn about uh, what I mean by time and space. Torah. Torah is everywhere in the world. You have an obligation to learn Torah and connect Hashem through the Torah. And, and you can learn about any part of Torah any time of the year. You can only shake lulav on Sukkot or sit in a Sukkot on Sukkot, but you can learn about it any time. So it's, so Torah is independent of time or space. And therefore, how can you come along and tell me that if I'm living in Chutzlar, it's as if I don't have a God? I still connect to Hashem. I still learn Torah. The key way of connecting to Hashem is still there. No, what it's saying is that anyone who lives in Chutzlar, it's, it's as if he serves Avodah Zorah. Why? And well, yeah, the David, and simply by David, it says this was David when he was fleeing from Shaul. He had to run into to Moab and Achish, etc. He had to leave Eretz Yisrael to save his life because of the loss and horror against him. So what did David say? He says, "Ki Gershani Hayom Hashem." They have driven me out today from attaching myself to the inheritance of Hashem. Leimor saying to you, Avodelo. Elohim Acherim, go serve other gods. I, David's equating those who drove him into Chosorot as those who are forcing him to serve Avodah Just on this possible, where does anyone say, go serve Elohim Acherim, other gods? It's to tell us that no, David, to teach us that anyone who goes into Chosorot is as if they serve Avodah Zorah. What's Pshat in this? So there are various explanations. I think one is the Ramban says an amazing idea. He says, every country has a, let's call it an administering angel, has an angel in charge of it. Whereas Eretz Yisrael Hashem is directly in charge of. So when you're living in Chutzlaret, there's an aspect of this intermediary between you and Hashem. And I think, um, more than that, maybe you could say that, so there's, um, your general runnings are like through an intermediary, which again is one of the main problem of Avodah Zorah. No one's denying that there are on the surface, things that have power, and um, the constant—I mean, we've seen that the constellations have power over the world, and there are other things that do, again, not exclusive Hashem, but do appear to have power. We're not denying that, but we don't serve those other powers. We serve and go directly to Hashem. So when you're living your life through these other powers, by living in Chutzaris, there's a separation between you and Hashem. There's an aspect of a Maybe you could also say is you're now more susceptible to Avodah Zorah. If your daily living is through an intermediary, then you're more susceptible to turn to an intermediary than if you're living in Eretz Yisrael where you're, you, you don't have that, you automatically go straight to Hashem. Okay, something to think about, but it seems that there is an aspect of living in Chuzlaris that is much that is severe and not um, very good. Um, yeah, Rabbi Zaira. Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to make one note that I mentioned at the end of yesterday's shir was again we were discussing the matter of going and living in Eretz Yisrael and we brought different opinions of is it Doraisa, is it Rabbonon why doesn't the Rambam mention it as one of the 613 mitzvahs to live in Eretz Yisrael but I also mentioned and I, and I, and I realized it's actually from the Truma Satation the Truma Satation was a Rishon he says that remember the fir- first prize is where you're going to be able to serve Hashem best 
And that's, uh, so that, that, that point that I mentioned, it, where's, where's you going to learn more Torah, where you're going to be able to be part of a community that grows and nurtures you, where you're going to be able to uh, raise your children in a better environment, that would, those would be factors of whether you should make Aliyah according to the Shumas Hadeshim. Um, it's funny, I feel like on the one hand you have those who don't live in Eretz Yisrael and they come up with all these justifications and then you have those who make Ali and go live in Eretz Yisrael and they dismiss every other consideration, not always, but very often they dismiss every other consideration as being a valid consideration. So I think we have to think carefully in ourselves, are we making excuses? Or do we have valid reasons for our decisions? But it is, as we said, according to many, many opinions, that it is a mitzvah, Doraisa, to live in Eretz Yisrael. Okay, Rabbi Zaira have a kamishtamate minei, the Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Zaira was hiding from his Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda. The boy Lamaist declared Yisrael, he wanted to make Aliyah. So why was he hiding from his Rebbe? Why was he avoiding Rabbi Yehuda when he wanted to make Aliyah? To Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Kola Oilem Mibabal Eretzirah Oyve Ba'asei. Rabbi Yehuda said anyone who leaves Babel to go to Eretz Yisrael, he transgresses, transgresses a positive commandment. Shenemar is the Pasuk, says, You will go to Babel and there you will remain until the day Hashem um, redeems you. So we see that there's a myth that the, the Novi tells us, you have to remain in Golos until Hashem comes and takes us out. I mean that if you think about going back... Uh, What's it now? 70 years, or even a bit longer, that was one of the main oppositions to Zionism, is there's this, and we're going to see what's it attached with. There seems to be a positive moment that you have to remain in Golis and you're not allowed to go out to Eretz Yisrael. And that's actually what Rav Yehuda hold. And, um, but just before we go further in the discussion, it's interesting, what do you mean? If we, as we've said, there's a mitzvah or Isa to go live in Eretz Yisrael, how can the Novi come along and say, no, you have to remain in Golis until Hashem takes you out? So, I mean, if you learn it's only a mitzvah drabbonim that you have to live in Eretz Yisrael, well, then the Novi can outweigh the mitzvah drabbonim, or he can, you know, make a new gazera that you're not allowed to until. But if you learn it's Dorais, it's a little bit more tricky. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's something uh, to consider how you're going to answer this. Okay, for Rebbe Zaira, so what did Rebbe Zaira hold? The Apostle clearly seems to say. Again, Yirmiyahu was saying that you're not allowed to go up to Eretz Yisrael until Hashem redeems us. So Rabbi Zayri says, Ahu siv. That pasuk is regarding the temple vessels. They will remain in Babel. And if you look in the context, that does seem to be what it's talking about. They will remain in Babel until Hashem takes them out. But on Jews, they can go up. Says Varav Yehuda. So how does he? He says, no, there's another pasuk. It says, I make you, um, B'nai Yisrael, or B'nai Yisrael, the daughters of Yisrael, my B'nai Yisrael, I enjoy, you have to take a shua by the um, deers and hands. Again, and this pasuk alludes, if you, it's a pasuk in Shir Hashim, so obviously it's, it's not, obviously it's, it's metaphorical, and it's alluding to B'nai Yisrael not going up to Eretz Yisrael. It says, V'Rebi Zaira, so how does Rebi Zaira? He says, no, ha'hu shalo yalu Yisrael b'choma. That's saying that the Jews aren't allowed to go up in force. Rashi explains what's uh, force. Um, an individual fighting his way into Eretz Yisrael. And some say, no, it means uh, obviously as a, as a nation, to conquer Eretz Yisrael. That's what it means. But for individuals to go live in Eretz Yisrael, there would be no problem. Um, 
says Varebi Yehuda. So, so, so that's, I mean, that's, that's uh, very interesting in light of, I mean, how the Jews got the state in 1948. Or you could say even further back, I think some commented on Belfort Declaration. says this is, well, let's read a bit further in the Fushos. So we see that you can't go up and go to Eretz Israel in force, but you just, uh, for individuals to go live there, that would be fine. For Rebbe Yehuda, says, oh, so where does Rebbe Yehuda learn that it's forbidden to go up to Eretz Israel, even for individuals? So that, there's another pasuk. There are actually three similar psukim in Shirashim that are basically the exact same as we've just read. Verebi Zaire, he says, no, ahahum boila. He says, also that pasuk, look at Rebbe Yosi, Verebi Chanina, to Omar, Gimel Shvos Halalu Lama. Why does it say again in Shirashim, why did these three pasuks basically the same, saying Hashem makes us take a shvua? It says, um, to do with Eretz Israel. So he says, Acha Shaloya Israel Bechoyma. The first one is so that, B'nai, or one of them is so that B'nai Israel don't go up in force. And the second one is that the Jews don't rebel against the nations of the world. They have to remain in Golis and you have to be subject to exile. You're not allowed to conquer a country and make it your own. That the, that, um, the non-Jews are not allowed to subjugate the Jews more than necessary. The Jews must be in Golos after the second day. And they must be subjugated by other nations, but the other nations aren't allowed to oppress us too much. So, so we have those three psukim with these three shvurs, but none of them have excluded individuals going and living in Eretz Yisrael. So he says, Now the pasuk has a double language of if you'll be awakened and inspired, to etc. says, how, how does he explain the double language? He actually learns like Rebbe Levi. Why are there these six shvurs? Again, why is there, I mean, it says shvur three times, and by each of them there's this double language, so there's six shvurs. So it's tlasa, hani, domrinon, the three that we've said, just said, and imrich, shaloy yagalu esakates, shaloy yarchuku esakates, one is that the Nevi'im or sages don't reveal the end of the exile, and also that the Jews don't do anything that would push off the, sorry, the kates, the redemption, the end of time when Mashiach comes, and secondly, that they don't um, distance make it go further away. They don't reveal the secret to the What's the secret? Rashi says either it's the secrets to do with the setting of the new moon and calculating the calendar, or some say it's the secrets of um, behind the mitzvahs and the Torah. Okay, but either way, so very interestingly, there seem to be three shvurs to do with the Jews leaving God. Again, individuals, Rabbi Zaira held it was fine. Rabbi Yehuda holds even individuals, but they're three shvurs against the nation of Israel going and settling in Eretz Israel before Hashem redeems us. So someone who does, I mean, this is already going back to earlier stages in the time of the Belfort Declaration, and also at the time of how it happened in uh, 1948 was through a vote of the of the uh, of the, the League of Nations. Um, was it still the League of Nations? Was it the, I think it was not the March at the UN. Was it not the the U, I think it was the UA. Um, that, because uh, yeah, I think some say that uh, it was the only reason that Hashem allowed a body like that to come into existence was for that purpose. But again, so there, you could argue, so, so, so there, there was no force. It was the nations giving the Jews permission to return. Very interesting, very similar to the, first, the second, when they wanted to rebuild the second base on Mekdash, Daryovesh, 
the ruler at that time gave the Jews permission to go to Eretz Yisrael to rebuild. Uh, some say Dayomesh, well, it was definitely Achashverosh's son. Some say it was also Esther's son, um, but that's Dayomesh. So it's very similar. Were given permission, um, so there wasn't war or force. The wars all came after they had permission to go. A second possibility is maybe all these shvurs are dependent on each other. That the, and one of the shvurs was that the non-Jews won't oppress the Jews too hard, which they broke their shvur. They did oppress us too hard, and therefore the Jews were allowed to go up to Eretz Yisrael. Um, another thing that a lot of sages, who even before the state were against trying to set up a Jewish state, once it was set up, they will. There's no mitzvah obligation to disband it, and therefore even many sages who were very against, let's call it Zionism, and trying to set up a state, once the state was announced or formed, then they became strong supporters of it and of the miraculous events and opportunities that it afforded Jews. Okay, very different ways of looking at it. Obviously the, the famous, the Satma Rebbe, one of the great sages of his time was, I mean, Satma Chassidim was still vehemently against the state, as a, I mean, as the state of Israel says, look, there are three shvurs. It's a Gomorrah, a Farish Gomorrah, we're not allowed to go up and set up a Jewish state until Hashem says we can. So that's uh, different approaches to this Gomorrah. Um, or you could just say that, I mean, that's if you want, is this Gomorrah halachic or not, or is this Hagarik? Is it expressing concepts in Golos and Geula, or is it halachic that we're not allowed to? Something a lot to think about and discuss, but it's gone. But so, so the Possek says, the Shvur was based um, by the deers in the hands of the field. So, if you keep the shvur good, I will permit your flesh like deers and hands of the field. Oh, they can be hunted. I'll permit your flesh. You'll be a free fall. The nations can do what they want to you. It says, Anyone carrying on with the malas of Eretz Yisrael. Anyone who lives in Eretz Yisrael, he doesn't have any sins. The neighbors of Eretz Yisrael should not be able to say, we're sick, we're suffering because of the Jews' sins. We live next to bad people. The Jews are sitting and that's bringing suffering on that. Because the Jews' sins have been forgiven. The obviously, obvious question on this is, the Ben Yoshua asks is, wait, if you're telling me that any Jew, when the Jews live in Eretz Yisrael, their Averis are forgiven, might, how could they ever be exiled? How could the Beis Amidash ever be destroyed? They were never evil, their sins were forgiven. So he answers amazingly, he says, you have to live in Eretz Yisrael Lishmor. You have to be living in Eretz Yisrael because of the specialness, the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, the opportunity to do those mitzvahs. I mean, I guess we can discuss what is living in Israel. But if you're only living in Eretz Israel because you want to escape load shedding, or you want to, you know, something like that, if that's why you're living in Eretz Israel, well, that's not Lishma. Or if you're only living in Eretz Israel because you think you can make a better Parnassah there, that's not Lishma. For that same reason, you could live in um, US, uh, America, Australia, Canada, you know, why are you choosing Israel? But uh, so again, I guess you have to define what Lishmo means, but that's how the Pnei Yeshua answers us. Omalei Rabba Ravashi, Rabba said to Ravashi, Now that Pasuk is just referring to those who are sick. I, sickness brings atonement. It says, Rav Anan says that anyone who is buried in Eretz Yisrael, it says, if they are buried, 
under the Mizbech. Siv Hachat's written here, Mizbech Adama Tasiri, says you shall make a altar of earth. Siv Hasam, the Kiper Admosa Amo. And the land, the Adama, same word, will atone for his people. The Maishal explains that, remember, and there's a Gemara that says that man was created from the earth, that's where the Mizbech stands. And that extends to Eretz Yisrael. So when man is, there's a dimension of when a person is buried in Eretz Yisrael, he's returning himself to the ultimate man. That would be the case. Um, yeah, so that's this. is Ula have rogel da have solikle Eretz Yisrael. Ula would travel between Eretz Yisrael and Babel. Noach Nashle b'chutz la'aretz, he died in chutz la'aretz. Also, Amru Leila Rebbe Elazar, they went and told Rebbe Elazar, so says, Aunt Ula, Oh, you, Ula, won't you? Al-Anma Tamea Tomus, you died in Chutzaris. I, Ula, you, we know you always wanted to die in Eretz Israel. Very unfortunate that you died in Chutzaris. So Amrullah, Aronimah, says, not that bad. Anyway, we're going to bring him to be buried in Eretz Israel. So Amrullahem, Aini Doime, Koltoso, Mechaim, Le Koltoso, Lachemis. It says, no, you can't compare someone who died in Eretz Israel and is buried there to someone who died outside of Eretz Israel. There was a certain man who a Yavoma fell to him in Bechuzai. I, his brother, died in Chutz Laaretz. Bechuzai was in Babel. Also, I came to Rabbi Hanina. Believe me, am I allowed to leave Eretz Israel to go to Babel and get do Yibum? So, Amalei. Ochub, Nosakutis, Umais, Baruchamokum, Shahorgon. Your brother married a Kutis, a non-Jew. Again, it can't be literal because then there would be no Yibum. So she must have been Jewish. But some aspect of this seems to be missing a lot of the information. But it says your brother married a non-Jew and Hashem killed him. Baruch Hashem. And now you want to go follow in his footsteps. You want to leave Eretz Yisrael? Definitely not. I feel like we're missing some of the pieces of that puzzle. But on the surface, it seems that you are living in outside of Eretz Yisrael and getting married there, there's an aspect of marrying a non-Jew. Omar, Yehud, Omar, Shmuel, Keshem, Shosalot, says, my Eretz Yisrael, the Babel, Kach, Osalot, says, my Babel, Shar, Otsos. Just as you're not allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael to go to Babel, you're not allowed to leave Babel to go to anywhere else. One of the reasons given, because there, Rashi says, because there, there were the yeshivas which spread Torah. Says Rabbi Barab Yosef to Amri Tavai, I feel me Pumpadisa the Baykuvi. You're not even allowed to leave Pumpadisa, was a city where one of the major yeshivas were, to go to a nearby town called um, Baykuvi. Ahud Nofik me Pumpadisa the Baykuvi, Shamte Rab Yosef, Ahud Nofik Pumpadisa the Astunia and Shochev. There was a person who left Pumpadisa to go to Baykuvi, and Rab Yosef put him in Khairim. There was a person who left Pumpadisa to Astunia, and he actually died. Omar Abai, E boy. That person could have lived. He should not have left. Pumpadisa, he would have lived. Rabbi Barah Yosef, Omri Tabayu, Keshem Shem Babel, Eretz Yisrael Koltosem, Keshem Shem Shar Atzos, Babel Koltosem. They both said, um, the, the kosher ones of Babel, Eretz Yisrael will gather them in, and the kosher ones of other nations, of other lands, Babel will gather them. Namai, what's that lachic ramification? Maybe you want to say it's considered for their genealogical fitness. Aye, those in Babel are good enough to marry those in Eretz Yisrael. Those in other lands are good enough to marry those in Babel. This is for Hamamar. Kol Arzos Israel Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael Israel Babel. All lands are considered dough. I made up of all mixtures of. Basically, Jews of Mamzerim, the Sinim, etc., Jews who are problematic and, and compared to Eretz Israel. And Eretz Israel is problematic compared to the Jews in Babel. The Jews in Babel had the most perfect lineage. Part of the reason is when Ezra went up to build the base of Migdash, 
all the people he took with him were those of questionable or dubious lineage, whereas the pure lineage Jews remained in Babel. So it's regarding burial. Um, interesting enough, we see there's an aspect obviously to be buried in Eretz Israel. It's also an aspect to be buried in a Mokom Torah. And there seems to be a mile that those in the other lands will be able to be buried in Babel. Omar of Yehuda, Kolatabu Babel, Kiiru Darbe Eretz Israel. Rav Yehuda, again, this is the same one who said it's forbidden to go make, the same sage who said it's forbidden to make Aliyah, even on an individual basis, said anyone who lives in Babel, it's as if he lives in Eretz Israel. We have a tradition that Babel won't undergo the birth pangs, the trouble um, just before Mashiach. And Targumo Ahutzel Dominionim Vikorule Karuna de Shivista. And some said this is specifically about the area of Hutzel de Binyomim, again a town in Babel or area in Babel, and they called that the cornerstone of salvation. Um, just very interesting to think about is um, what's so special about Babel. So if you remember, Avram Avinu came from Ur Kazdim, came from Babel. So there is an aspect of Babel being our our birthplace, as, and uh, obviously Eretz Yisrael has much more kedusha and much more significance. But there is something special about Babel. Now we're going to move on to Tchias Ameisim and its connection to Eretz Yisrael. Rebbe says those who die or who are buried in Chutzlaretz will not be revived. Shneimar says, "Vanasi Tzvi be'Eretz Chaim." I'll give Tzvi be'Eretz Chaim. Eretz is Tzvioinabo, Meisim Chaim. Shein Tzvioinabo, Ein Meisim Chaim. The land which Hashem favors. That will those the dead will come alive, and a land which Hashem does not favor, the dead will not come alive. Mosif Rav Abba Mamo, Rav Abba Mamo challenges says Yichyu Meisim Nevelosi Yakum Nevelosi There's two aspects. Yichyu Meisecho, your dead will be brought alive, and Nevelosi Yakumun, the corpses will be will arise. So there are two aspects to Tchias Meisim. It says My love. It's the one part of the possible must be referring to the dead in Eretz Israel, and the other part of the possible must be referring to the dead in Chusaret. Also, then how do you explain this possible Because I will give Tzvi Be'eretz Chaim. That's actually referring to the Nebuchadnezzar who does it. To Omar Rachmon, as the Torah says, My sina alayhu malka de kolil ki tavya. I will send a king against you who is swift as a deer. And Nebuchadnezzar conquered Eretz Israel in one, uh, what's it, one foul swoop, swoop, as swift as a deer. That's what the Possex is referring to. Okay, Omelay Rebbe, Mikra Ani Doyesh. Rebbe said, I'll expound the following Possex. says, No, he's saying, Neshama La'am, Oleho. It gives an Neshama to those who live on it. V'ruach lo'hoilichim ba, and a spirit, Ruach, to those who walk in it. That seems to imply that it's only those in Eretz Yisrael will get this Neshama. It says, says, What about the Possex which says that Remember the double uh, expression in the Pasuk, which we said the second part is to say that even those in Chutz Laaris will be revived, resurrected. It says, That's actually referring even to uh, miscarriages. The fetuses will also revive. What does he do with that Pasuk? 
because he said even the Mesim in Chutzai will survive. He needs it for the following teaching of Rabbi Yavu. Even a maidservant, a non Jewish maidservant in Eretz Israel, will be guaranteed Olam Haba. It's written here, even the people on it, and Am has a association, a connotation to slaves. Avram told Eliezer to wait with the donkey, but they make a drosha. Am, im to am hadoy melechamor. We see that. So when the Pasuk says am, it could, it could be referring to maid servants. Obviously, there's, a, there's an amazing amount of spiritual opportunity in Eretz Yisrael that even who's sometimes spoken about as the lowest, uh, promiscuous, lowly, etc., like a f- female Kanani uh, slave, can earn olam haba. Then the Pasuk says, V'ruach l'hoilichim bo, Omer b'yir b'habar abba, Omer b'yochanan kolam ha'alech, Arba amos b'eretz Yisrael, Muftach lo'i shehu ben o'ilam ha'ba. Anyone who walks for amos in eretz Yisrael is guaranteed o'ilam ha'ba. There's a great spiritual mala to walking in eretz Yisrael. Uri Rebbe Yelazo, Tzadikim shebuchus ra'at ayinu chayim. Are you telling me, based on what we've just seen, that Rebbe Yelazo holds that Tzadikim shebuchus ra'at will not live? Says, Omar Rebbe Yelai, Al Yadai Gilgal. Won't be resurrected, sorry, not won't live, won't be resurrected. So Rabbi Lai says, No, Alidei Gilgul. They will roll underground to Eretz Israel and be resurrected there. It says, Might give Lord Rabbi Abba, Salah Rabba, Rabbi Abba Salah the Great, Gilgul the Tzadikim Sarhu. This Gilgul is very painful for the Tzadikim. It can't be that's what will happen to Tzadikim. It says, No, there will be tunnels. In the ground for them. Right, so they'll walk from their grave through a tunnel to Eretz Yisrael and they'll be resurrected there. Then it says, Yaakov says, I want you to take me out from Mitzrayim and bury me in Eretz Yisrael. So Omar Karnat Varim Begav, they're hidden things in this pasuk. It says, Lama Hitriach Es Bonov. Yaakov knew that he was a Tarikomo. So if the dead in Chutzlaretz are also resurrected, why did why did Yaakov bother his children to take him up to Eretz Israel? So the Moran says, no, Shem Eloyazaki the Mechilos, he was concerned that he wouldn't merit the tunnels. Ah, he might have to go through Gilgul, which is very unpleasant for the Tariqim, and therefore he wanted to be buried. And Kate said Bedavar. Similarly, you can say, Yosef made his brothers take a shvur to take him up to Eretz Yisrael. There's something hidden in it. Why? Yosef knew about himself that he was a tarikomer. And if Yosef knew, and, he, and if the Dead tzaddikim and chusaris are also resurrected. Why did he bother his brothers to carry him 400 parsa? So Shema lo yezakel mechilas. He was concerned that he wouldn't merit the tunnels. So shol The brothers of Rabba sent to him. I Rabba had two brothers, Rab Chananya and Rab Oshaya. Who lived in Eretz Israel. So they're sending to him that he must, and we're going to see, I mean, one point is that he must make Aliyah, and another part of the letter we'll see over the page. But he says, So Yodoha Yaakov Shatari Gomur, they sent this Joshua. You know, even Yaakov Avinu, who knew he was a Tari Gomur, didn't want to take the chance of being buried in Chutzlaretz. So you 
um, should definitely not be prepared to be buried in Chutzaret. Come join us in Eretz Yisrael. Another point they sent him, he says, Ilfa Moisef bought Varim. Ilsef added to this idea. There was a certain person who was desperate to marry this woman. And he wanted to leave Eretz Yisrael to marry her. And as soon as he heard this idea, that Yaakov and Yosef didn't want to be buried in Chutzlaret. He restrained himself, he endured it until his day of death. He says, um, so, so therefore, he wasn't prepared. Um, says, you Rabbi, should learn from, you Rabbi should learn from him and come and not take the chance of being buried in Chutzlaret. He should come up to Eretz Yisrael. says, And even though you Rabbi are extremely great, you can't compare someone who's learning himself, learning by himself, self-taught, to someone who learns from his Rebbe. And you might say, well, who in Eretz Yisrael can be Rabbi's Rebbe? He says, Yesh However, Rabbi, if you still refuse to come to Eretz Yisrael, we uh, beg you to be careful of the following three things. Don't sit too much because that the tachtonias because that can cause hemorrhoids. Don't stand too much. That's bad for your heart. Don't walk too much because that's bad for your eyes. Ella, how should you live? You should walk, stand, so you should sit, stand, and walk for a third of your time. Um, the Hassan Sofer, I didn't, we won't have a chance to go into it, but I saw article, I have a beautiful note of the explanation of a deeper meaning, what they're referring to when they say you shouldn't sit and you shouldn't stand, that it's got to do with the eyes and the heart. It's, it's more to do with wisdom and learning. But it says, If any time you're going to sit, but you have nothing to lean on, are you going to be, I guess, sitting on a stool as opposed to a chair or something like that? Rather stand. How can you tell me to stand? You just told me that standing is very bad for your heart. No, he says, if you have an option of sitting on a stool or standing but having something to lean on, rather stand. And then carrying on with the letter that his brother said to him, Yitzhak v'shimon v'oshaya, omru domer echad. Yitzhak, Shimon and Oshaya all say the same thing. Halacha kereb Yehuda b'prodos. Halacha is like Reb Yehuda regarding mules. And this is a, there's a discussion of, we know that you can't cross-breed animals. What happens if you have a cross-breed of a horse and a donkey, so now you have a mule? Who can, what can you mate with the mule? So the one opinion says that it's, uh, it can mate with the same species as its mother. So if its mother was a horse, then it could mate with a horse. If its mother was a uh, donkey, then it could mate with a donkey. But Rabbi Yehuda, the Tanya Rabbi Yehuda, Oimer Rabbi Yehuda says, Pardoshet tova ein mavim oleo loisus veloichamor elamina. A mule can only be mated with its own species. So he's saying, so they're sending in the letter that Yitzhak, Shimon and Oshaya, all pass can like Rabbi Yehuda. Omer Abnachum la Yitzhak, 
Rav Nachman by Yitzchak explained. Yitzchak Zeh Rebbe Yitzchak Nafcha. Shimon Zeh Rebbe Shimon Mitzami Rebbe Shimon Ben Pazi Ve'Ormi Loresh Lokish and Oshaya Zeh Rebbe Oshaya Rabbi Rebbe Rebbe Oshaya the Great. Okay, so those are the three sages who passed in this. I'm going back to the discussion of Eretz Yisrael um, and Tchias Amaisim. I'm Rebbe Lezer. Amei Aretz Einum Chayim. The people of the uh, ignoramuses won't be resurrected. Shenemar it says. Mesim Bal Yichyu and Tanya Namihachi, Mesim Bal Yichyu, Yochel Kol, is it saying that no dead will be revived? Talmud Lomer, Refoim Bal Yokimu, the Marape Atzamodivre Torah Hakosmodabri, the Possek is referring to those who are um, who weak in Torah learning. Right, so those Amoritz, ignoramuses, won't um, get to, won't be revived. Says Hashem, the Master, will be very disappointed, upset with you for saying this. Says, how can you just write off hundreds of Jews from Tchias Hamaisim? I mean, we're not speaking about bad people; we're just speaking about regular Jews. And you saying that they won't get Tchias Hamaisim? Says, no. That's referring to someone whose weakness leads to him connecting to Avodah Zarah. So Rebbe Lezer said to him, but wait, I have another pasuk. You see, as it's written, Kital Oros Talecho Eretz Refoim Tapil. Says Kolam Mishtamish Ba'or Torah or Torah Machayayu. Anyone who uses the light of Torah, anyone who labors in Torah, Torah will give him life, will enable him to be resurrected. But Kol Shain Mishtamish Ba'or Torah, Ain Or Torah Machayayu. So that's Rebbe Lezer basically reinforcing his opinion that. Regular people who don't learn enough Torah will not be resurrected. So Kivan the Chajid the Kamistair, he saw Rabbi Yochanan was very, very upset with this. He was very bothered. He was pained by this idea. So Amalei Rebbe Motzosi Lohem Takonamina Torah says, but the Torah gives the solution. It says, Those who attach yourself to Hashem, your God, will live, will get resurrected. Can you attach yourself? To the Shechina, it says, "Vahotiv ki Hashem elokecha h oichla." Hashem is a consuming fire. You can't, you can't attach yourself to Hashem. Obviously, we're speaking on a spiritual level, but you can't attach yourself to Hashem. It says, "Elo." So, how do you fulfill the mitzvah of attaching yourself to Hashem? It says, "Kol amesi bitel tamud chacham." Anyone who marries his daughter to Hashem chacham. But I said, "Pamakia the tamud chacham." Does a business on behalf of the tamud chacham. I enable the Tamil Chokhom to make money. Gives benefit to a Tamil Chokhom from his assets. The Pasuk considers it as if he's attached himself to the Shechina. We see there are how do you attach yourself to the Torah without learning Torah? And how do you attach yourself to the Shechina? Well, you know, we're going to see similarly. Is by attaching yourself to Tamilei Chokhomim. Helping them, etc. Similarly, it says, To love Hashem your God and attach yourself to Him. Is it possible for a person to attach himself to the Shekhinah? Again, by helping you attach yourself to the Shekhinah. In the future, the Tamilei Chachomim will burst forth and rise in Yerushalayim. They will sprout in the city 
like grass of the field, uh, like grass of the land. It says, "Vayin ir eli yushlaim." Ir refers to yushlaim. Shenema is a pasuk. Says, "Vaganoisi eli ir azoisa." I will protect this city. So the city, and in the context we know it's uh, Yerushalayim. Says, "Vaomri bichir bar Yosef atidim tzadikim sheyomdu mamavul shayim." In the future, tzadikim will stand up in their garb, kavachomim mechita. As it's a kavachomim from wheat, machita shenikvara mura aruma. Wheat is buried naked. You just take the seed and you put it in the ground. Yotzes become a levushim. It comes out garbed with many clothes. It grows with lots of layers around it. So tzadikim shenikvaru levushayim al achas kama b'chama tzadikim who are buried in their clothes. How much more so they will be buried in their clothes. Um, on the surface, does it say what sort of clothes? It says are they going to? Uh, what about in? Their clothes, their tafrichim, the shrouds that they were buried in. No, it seems that they will be buried. They will rise in something special. Um, interest is some say on a more, what's the word, spiritual level, is that it's the the, the special midah that the tzaddik acquired in his life. Right? Different tzaddikim have different midah. Some are good in this area of Torah. Some are great in Chesed. Some are great in, you know, different tzaddik, different midahs. Those will be. Uh, shining light for them, you'll see that aspect on them when they are revived in the future. And not spiritual, physical clothes, but spiritual clothes. Just a fascinating idea um, regarding how they would be buried. So, if you're going to be, the, the, there's a the common practice to bury in a, in a talus. In Eretz Israel, they're buried just in a talus. I mean, interesting enough, as we saw earlier on in the page, because the land of Eretz Israel atones. So, you want to bury a person straight in the ground. Um, a yacht affects kapora like the mitzvah, but the mino in Chutzar is to bury in the talis and in uh, and in a coffin, um, yeah, and trials. But but if they're going to the standard minag is to postle the tzitzis. It's mocking a mace who can't do mitzvahs to put a talis on him, so they postle the tzitzis. Is that correct? No. I don't know. That's, so, so, well, I'll read from the Aruch HaShulchan because this is fascinating. It says, They bury the mason tzitzis. Before they place him in the grave, They invalidate one of the tzitzis. Some do that before they take him to burial. They're not Should obviously do it before burial. Um, so, so that's uh, the standard minak is to possible the talis, and that's what the Orach Hashulchan brings. Um, again, the danger is what happens when they rise. Now they're going to come alive and they're going to be wearing a four-cornered garment that doesn't have tzitzis on it, or that's possible. So he says, I heard clearly about two of the great leaders of the generation. One commanded one of his students that he should bury him with all his, all four tzitzis. When it came time to wrap in his shrouds and bury him, that student got a sore stomach, so he had to leave, and the other people didn't know the commandment, and they invalidated one of his tzitzis. But take a the last and that student came back, 
And he started to shout, says what, what is ready wanted for Amru Hakadailim, Shahoyu Sham Shazel, Oismina Shamaim, Libli Lashanos. Said that the great sages who were there said it's a simon from heaven that we mustn't change the minag. But Hashani and the second case, Keshinuch of a kever in Kolat Sitios, Nistabcho Achas Meatsitis, Biyachad, Shabatoch. Biyochad, it must be biyote or something, Shabbatoycha kever, venitkama atma. When they were putting him in the ground, one of the tzitzis got caught on something and tore off. Says, and it seems clearly that Hashem decreed this. I, they did what they could to be buried with all their tzitzis against the minag, and it happened, he says. And then the Gomorrah just I'm not sure who that is. Very great passage. So they wanted to be a very, just an amazing story. They wanted to be buried with all four tzitzis. And strange incidents happened that prevented them burying it. And the Gadolim at the time saw that as a sign that you mustn't change that minak. Like I said, I'm not sure what they do now with that. In the future, Eretz Yisrael is going to grow, it will sprout cookies and all bread and woolen garments. Shenemar says, yeah, pasim bar ba'aretz. Pasim is an allusion to kasoines, Pasim, Yosef, garment, and Bari refers to bread. The abundant grain will be on the top of mountains. In the future, wheat will grow as tall as day, as day palms and will go up to the top of mountains. You might say, oh, but now it's going to be very difficult to harvest this extra tall wheat. Talmud Loma, the Torah says, Yirash Kilvon Piryo, it's Produce will rustle like the Levona, Kodesh Bolt, or maybe Ruach, Nibes Gnozov, or Mishna Olaf, or Mishra Salsa, or Odom, Yoitzel Sode, or maybe Milas Pasoyoto, or Masanapanos, Umimeno, Parnososo, Parnos Anche Beso. The wind will, the special wind will blow, and flour will drop down from the wheat, and the person will just go pick up the flour and use that to support himself and his family. In Chaleb Kalyos Chito, the wheat will be like the like fatty kidneys. I, it will be huge, the wheat will be huge, uh, huge kernels. So Omra Tirachita Shitake Shtaikloya shall shore hagodl. It will be like the kidneys of a large ox. And don't be too surprised at this because we had an incident. Shol Koinin Kinain Belefes, an ox dug a hole, dug a nest in a turnip. That they calculated that that uh, um, that turnip weighed about 24 to uh, 25 or so kilograms. So, it's a huge, so we do find that fruit and vegetables can grow to phenomenal sizes. Don't, don't think of it impossible. Tanya, Omar Ibn Yosef, There was a case in Sichin where a father left him three stalks of mustard. One of the branches of the stalk of mustard broke off, and there were nine cups of mustard. The eight of Sichu by Sichas Yotrim, and they were able to use the um, the wood as a roof for a potter's house. So sometimes we do find vegetables grow phenomenally um, big, and we'll leave it here for today, and hopefully finish off the Masech. Please God, tomorrow.